Radio 94.9 News Now, stimulating talk. Byron Lazine and Chaz Cook from the one team at William Ravis Real Estate. And we've got Brian Skelly back with us today of William Ravis Mortgage. What is going on, boys? We are into June. Almost halfway through the year. It's flown by. Crazy. I can't believe it's June. It is flying. I'm glad to uh, be having the summer ahead of us. My Connecticut summer being Old Saybrook all summer long, the new place. What's and the, uh, you know what I got to ask you, what's the lobster roll scene like down in Florida compared to Connecticut? There's no lobster roll scene in Florida. There's no lobster roll scene in Florida. <laughs> Florida's a stone crab scene, stone crab legs. And gotcha. They're delicious. I got to say, somebody growing up on lobster, stone crab kind of has my heart now, but looking forward to some lobster rolls. Of course, I love a good, good lobster roll. There's plenty of good ones up and down the shoreline in Connecticut. And update on, on service station equipment, pulling that tank out of the basement in Old Saybrook. They did a fabulous job. It couldn't have gone any better. Very smooth operation. Very clean. They, you know, they dispose of the, the tank per all the regulations. They left a nice clean spot in the basement. Uh, Dougie Braun was disappointed because they did it so early in the day, he wasn't able to come and try to reach into my pocket and get a free lunch. But shout out to service station equipment for doing a good job. Yeah, I may, I'm not going for this weekend. I'm not going for a lobster roll. We're going to run over later today, Jazz, to get some Connecticut pizza. You know, the girls are saying we want Connecticut pizza because the pizza scene is also different down in southwest Florida than it is in Connecticut. Do they have any non-chain pizza places down in Florida? Or is everything? Oh, yeah. No, they John's do. Domino's. No, 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 no. Lots of lots of non-chain. I just find Connecticut pizza overall to be superior than any state I've ever been in. You know, there, I, there was some discussion about Connecticut making pizza the official food of Connecticut. It should be. Yeah, it should be. Yeah, should be. I had some cousins come visit from Chicago, and they're like, "Oh, we got to have pizza," and like they weren't saying that a couple of years ago. So we're on yeah, the map. Chicago people think that they've got good pizza, but it's a little <laughs> thick it. for me. Byron, you got to put this on your list. They're they're temporarily closed right now because they had a pipe burst over the winter and it did significant damage. But in your new hometown of Old Saybrook, Luigi's, Luigi's Restaurant, third generation Italian, kind of on fourth generation, makes an excellent pie. That was my first job as a kid, slinging pizza I've, pies. I've been to Luigi's. I think for the girls this afternoon, we're going to go over to Fiore. Which is just off of Main Street, yeah, behind nice. Paper Paperback Cafe, which has been there for quite some time, as long as I can remember. So, yeah, looking forward to the summer. Of course, I'll get into my lobster rolls. We do that every year. I love a good lobster roll, whether it's in Clinton or you know, there's plenty of spots. Clinton's got what four or five spots, like that one little area, right? Aqua yeah, Rockies, or is it Rockies Aqua? Yep, uh, Clinton is like the. Worcester Street of pizza for lobster rolls. That, that <laughs> corner, <laughs> that whole corner, they got it all. Lobster Landing, of course, being the most famous. They got that whole whole section figured out. I think they got four different lobster roll spots all in walking distance there. So excited about that. But we got a lot on the docket here. This is a full real estate radio show. We've got a jobs report that came out yesterday, debt ceiling deal that happened finally. And uh, we also have... MLS numbers for the month of May for the Connecticut housing market. So I don't know, Skelly, where do you want to start? You want to start with debt ceiling? That kind of happened. Before yeah, that's the kind of the last few weeks. I think, yeah, probably 
recap what happened, then we could talk about the most recent stuff. So, uh, man, the last few weeks have not been good for mortgage rates. They've been going up. Um, you know, I think the debt ceiling certainly played a role in that. Uh, I was looking up some numbers before the show. Here's some interesting numbers. The U.S. government account, which is basically like the checking account that the U.S. government pays all its bills out of, it was originally at $580 billion, and they've been shuffling money around to pay all the bills while this whole fiasco has been going on. The account's down to now less than $40 billion in the account. So we usually keep like 600 in there. There's less than 40 right now. So uh, I, was, I heard this on uh, NPR Marketplace. They were talking about it, which is a great show. And I was reading it on uh, one of the articles on MarketWatch. And uh, this article I read said that once the debt ceiling bill gets signed into law by President Biden, the government's going to have to come up with all of the cash to, re- to basically refund that account again. Uh, estimated $1.4 trillion through the end of 2023, with roughly $1 trillion in new government debt flooding the market before the end of August. Uh, so you got to think about what that's going to do to rates. Uh, I mean, mortgage bonds essentially compete with, uh, excuse me, treasury bonds, which is basically the government issuing debt to fill their checking account, competes with mortgage rates. It's a very similar investment for investors. So if we got to get somebody to buy a trillion dollars worth of U.S. debt, what do you think that's going to do to the rates? I mean, it's going to have to push the rates up in order to attract enough investors to give us a trillion dollars. And so it's not going to be good for mortgage rates. So and that's my you, take on that. When you wow, mentioned in, I want to take into that. In a, are you, are you talking about um, like uh, outside the United States investors? Are you talking about like capital investment groups? Everybody all over the world buys U.S. Treasury bonds. They're, they're one of the safest investments in the world. Uh, it's just a safe place to park your money. I'm t- I mean, the people that manage pensions, you know, rich guys in China, everybody buys U.S. Treasury bonds. It's just a safe place to put your money, but not as safe as it used to be. Like we, This is probably the closest the U.S. government has ever come on defaulting on its debt. Like We cut it really close, and – Years back, when we came close to defaulting, this happened once before. Um, the I think it's Moody's that rates all of the investors out there. They actually downgraded the U.S. government. Fitch did recently too. Yeah. So, so you know, if you're, it's like you know, we were talking about credit scores the other week. Like, if you have a lower credit score, you're going to pay more to borrow money. Like, guess what? The United States government, their credit score just went down because they almost defaulted. So now they're going to pay more money to borrow to borrow money you know and that means rates are going to go are going to have to be higher that's how it works that example you just gave of we we had 580 billion in our checking account so to speak for the government down to yeah, it's 40 called the billion. treasury general account it's called go that, ahead i'm sorry that's like if you normally have a hundred thousand dollars in your checking account you would have been down to 6800 or if you normally have you know have a thousand dollars you'd be down to 68 dollars. so that that's a huge Huge jump there. I want to dig into what you said about the mortgage rates potentially going up. I believe that's what you said. I'm going to pin you down on that, Brian Skelly from William Ravis Mortgage. When we come back, Real Estate Radio 94.9 News Now, stimulating talk.
I'm attorney John Heyman. Radio 94.9 News Now, stimulating talk. Byron Lazine and Chaz Cook, the one team at William Ravis Real Estate. The one team is the number one team for most sales. All of 2022 did 700 transactions as a team. And then so far, year to date in 2023, remain the top producing team in the entire state for most sales. If you want to work with a team with the most experience, give us a, a uh, shout out. OneTeamCT.com is where you can find all of our contact information or reach out and set something up. OneTeamCT.com. Today we've got Brian Skelly with William Ravis Mortgage. Brian's breaking down what this debt deal means specifically for the 30-year fixed mortgage. How is this going to trickle through the the markets and impact uh, a homeowner's or home shopper, rather, ability to borrow money and become a homeowner. If you've got specific questions for Brian personally, you can go to schedulelonappointment.com, set something up with him. That's schedulelonappointment.com. And then, of course, if you need any residential tanking needs, you're going to want to contact Service Station Equipment. They just came by and did a tank removal for me in the new house in Old Saybrook. And I got to say, it was an unbelievable job. I didn't even have to buy Dougie Braun, the tank man, any lunch. He, uh, you know, they were so early. They were, they, these guys do such a great job. They were in and out of there. They didn't bother anybody. That Dougie didn't even have a chance to come down to Old Saybrook and reach into my pocket. If you want the lowest price when you reach into your pocket for all of your oil tanking needs, your residential tanking needs, Call Service Station Equipment, 1-800-801-TANK, 1-800-801-TANK, 1-800-801-8265 for Service Station Equipment. You can go on their site, which is SSE dot, or slash rather, SSE dash, I'm sorry, INC dot net. Martin, psychotic website, by the way. I'll never read that off again on that. insane. Put the 1-800-801-TANK. Yeah, but on the website, they've got the Irish Springs pool water there. If you haven't filled up your pool... With fresh Irish pool water, you need to do that, 860-848-4100, 860-848-4100 for your Irish Springs pool water. All right. Uh, let's go back to the debt here, Brian. You said something before yes. the break. We've got Brian Skelly with William Ravis Mortgage with us. And you said something about the uh, this debt deal now because, let's face it, America's uh, still – the reserve currency, I think over 60% of countries, um, it might even be higher than that, have America as the reserve currency. Like we, we are a, a long ways away from not being the reserve currency in the world. Uh, but it, it's a little bit more risky today than it was maybe decades ago to invest in America. Brian, you believe that you're seeing things that suggest – the 30-year fixed is going to go up because of this. I mean, based off of the news, the 10-year has come down, and the 30-year has come down a little bit this week versus last week. 
um, maybe you're not seeing that. I mean, you're, you're looking at it every day. I'd love for you to dive into what you mean by the 30-year fix potentially going up. Yeah. So, I mean, I generally try not to predict what rates are going to do because there's so frequently new news that comes out that can make it go up and down that people didn't expect. Like, I mean, just in the last couple of years, we had a global pandemic. There's been wars. I remember, you know, years ago, like all of a sudden one summer, everybody thought the rates were going to go up and then all of a sudden Greece was going to go bankrupt and the rates went way down. So I try not to go on record of saying what rates are going to do because I'm right about half the time. But um, this news is this is one way to interpret this news. So before the break, we were saying, you know, the government basically spent all the money that they have in their checking account, almost all of it, uh, because of this debt ceiling issue. And now. Um, they're going to have to refill the bank account so they can pay their bills. And how does the U.S. government do that? They issue government bonds, which they call that debt. You know, So basically, in order to generate cash to pay their bills, they're going to have to find investors to buy bonds. And this is a supply and demand issue. It's like imagine, imagine you're running a lemonade stand on a really hot day right? when you're a kid. And their first customer, first couple customers, they come up to you, they're really, really thirsty, right? They might pay you $5 for a glass of lemonade, and they might really enjoy that glass of lemonade. But after you've sold your first glasses to all the really thirsty people, then you got some more people that are not quite as thirsty anymore, and they're only going to pay you a dollar. And then you've got everybody, they've already had a glass of lemonade, and you're like, hey, do you want to buy a second or third glass? And like, no, nah, I don't really want to pay a dollar for another glass but maybe they pay 50 cents or a quarter for a uh, glass of lemonade. Shout out to my uh, high school economics professor, uh, Mr. Brooks. If he's listening to this right now, he's loving this. Uh, so anyways, um, the point of the story is that that's how supply and demand works. When you have a little bit of something, you can get a lot of money for it. When you have a lot of something, to, s- to sell that at that last little bit, you're not going to get as much for it. And that's what's going to happen with the U.S. government debt. They have to generate a trillion dollars by the end of August, according to some uh, experts that we were reading from the B of A Global Strategists and the Marketplace article. So, you know, the first first hundred million might be easy, or the first hundred billion might be easy. But, you know, when you guys start getting that 800 billion, 900 billion, a trillion dollars, like they're going to have to raise rates. What that, that's the equivalent of the lemonade salesperson making the lemonade cheaper in order to sell that last glass of lemonade to the person who doesn't want it. It's like the whole world is going to be like, hey, we have enough government debt. You, you've, you've satisfied our desire for government debt. But the U.S. government is going to be like, yeah, but we need another $500 billion. And the only way that the whole world is going to buy this government debt is if we say, well, what if we pay you a higher rate on this debt? And then the, the rest of the world's going to be like, okay, fine. If you're going to pay us more money, we'll buy your debt. And that's going to make rates go higher. And, and then, you know, we got trillions of dollars in mortgages that we got to sell to that's competing with this government debt. So if, if all these banks are selling all these mortgages and they got to get somebody to buy them, they're going to have to do the same thing. They're going to have to increase the rates to get the investors to buy these mortgages. Well, I tell you what, every time it hits up over 7% like it did last week and into the beginning of this week, uh, according to Mortgage News Daily, I'd love to know your local update on rates right now, Brian. But every time we go nationally on average above 7%, as we've seen in the last week, 
we see mortgage applications across the country drop. We've seen that now for two weeks straight. And we see home affordability reach a level that we haven't seen since the great, just before the great financial crisis. So anything over 7%, we've seen resistance from home shoppers. And there are a lot of economists that believe Lance Lambert from Fortune or Logan Mordashami from Housing Wire are both on record as saying if we see sustained 7-plus percent 30-year fixed mortgage rates, eventually the lagging indicator three, six months down the line is going to be drops in home values. We haven't seen that yet in Connecticut. Well, we've got Connecticut numbers update that we'll do before the end of the show, and maybe we'll de- even deep a little bit deeper into that uh, next week. But if we get sustained 7% 30-year fixed, Brian, I, I believe we're going to have less home shoppers and naturally lower home values over time. Uh, maybe. I think less home buyers. I, there's such – and my now I'm just talking from my own personal experience. I mean, I've pre-approved a lot of people compared to right, but, how many people have actually bought a house. What's the rate right now that you're doing locally in Connecticut here? Uh, well, I'm not supposed to quote a specific rate on the radio for compliance reasons. I'd have to give an APR and a whole bunch of disclosures and stuff. But, I mean, I will say that Freddie Mac does a survey of a whole bunch of mortgage lenders every Thursday. And uh, they said at this Thursday the average rate was 6.79, which was the highest that it's been since the first week in November. So uh, to answer your earlier question, I did see a couple days this week where rates got better, like on a day-to-day basis. But if you're just looking at the Thursday, every Thursday, Freddie Mac does a survey, you know, this week it was 6.79. Last week it was 6.57. The week before that it was 6.39. So it's pretty much climbed pretty consistently every week for the last three weeks. Um, And that's what we're seeing. Mortgage News Daily comes out with a survey every single day. And um, the last week, they were in the sevens this past week. They were in the six nine five to six eight five range, so kind of just above that Freddie that, Mac number. That makes five. sense. And now, keep in mind too, this Freddie Mac survey is including people that are paying points too. Um, so, and, and probably a lot of the buyers have really good credit too. So, if you're, you know, we're talking about this survey includes people that are paying points and have great credit. So, if you're looking for no points and you don't have like perfect credit, like you definitely could be in the sentence right now for sure. And if you're looking for a specific quote, since Brian can't do that here on the air because of compliance issues, you can just go to schedulelonappointment.com and talk to Brian, schedulelonappointment.com. Uh, so what do you think about prices, Chaz? If if these sit up over 7%, do you feel like there are some people, more people that sit out the market than at 675? To me, it's a mental barrier, 675 to you know, 7.15, 7 and an eighth, whatever you want to call it. I think we do see a dip, but I don't think it's going to be a catastrophic dip. Like, I don't think you're going to lose $100,000 worth of equity in your home. We've gained too much in the last three and a half years to do that. Uh, but we're going to have to see some type of a kind of swing down so that hopefully the rates will come back down and then we can continue on the upward trend that we've been on for the last 36 plus months. Um, so I would guess anywhere between a five to 7% decrease for the fourth quarter of this year. And then hopefully when we head into 24, you know, we're starting to see some things come down. We start to see the rates come back down and we can start to resume some type of normalcy. But, you know, we talk about it almost every single week. 
until that inventory climbs back up, there is going to be no less competition. There's going to be just as many buyers. And I've actually, I've been working with a couple of clients for a few years now. They just renewed their lease for the second time because they saw rates at like that six, between six and a half and seven rate. And they're like, for where we want to be, for what we can afford in the towns we want to live in, six, six and a quarter is our threshold right now. Hmm. Interesting. All right, we come back. We've got an update on the jobs report that was released on Friday. And I'll tell you why I think this jobs report will actually support lower rates in the future, uh, not higher like the debt deal project- projection from Mr. Brian Skelly. All of that when we come back. Real Estate Radio 94.9 News Now, stimulating talk. Replacing your windows. Radio 94.9 News Now, stimulating talk. Byron Lazine and Chaz Cook from the One Team at William Ravis Real Estate. You can find us at oneteamct.com, O-N-E-T-E-M-C-T.com. We've got with us Brian Skelly of William Ravis Mortgage, and we spent the majority of the show talking about the debt ceiling, what that might do to rates. If you missed that, you can go to CT Real Estate Radio, wherever you listen to podcasts. The podcast replay is usually up by Monday or Tuesday. If you want to listen to the replay, it's CT Real Estate Radio wherever you listen to podcasts. We had a jobs report that came out Friday, and it beat expectations not by just a little bit, but by quite a lot. Expectations were that we would see 190,000 new jobs uh, on the May new payroll, non-farm payrolls, and they came in at 339,000. Last month we saw 253,000. Uh, so not only an increase over the estimates of 149,000 jobs, more than what they thought, but it was almost 100,000 more jobs than last month. Here's where the, the silver lining is, though. With all these new jobs, we also had an unemployment rate go up uh, well above expectation. Unemployment rate rose to 3.7%. The expectation was 3.5. We were recently sitting at a low of 3.4. Okay, so... When the unemployment rate does what it just did, something um, something interesting happens. All right, I'm gonna find the I'm gonna find. Here we go. Uh, history suggests anytime this is according to Bloomberg, anytime the unemployment rate is 0.3 percentage point off of the low hit over the prior 12 months, which just happened. Okay then it tends to go on a spike of 1.5 to 3 percentage points higher. Now, nobody wants anyone to lose their jobs in America except for Jerome Powell. He's the only person that wants everybody to lose their job. 
But if this were to happen, if this were to follow history and unemployment were to spike 1.5 to 3 percentage points higher, we would come off of this near 50-year low, which was when we hit 3.4. Now we're at 3.7. We would blow through 4 and 5% unemployment rates in this country. And if that happens, that typically, Brian, pushes down the 10-year. And we're sitting at like 0.7 on the 10-year. And because we have this three um, this three point spread right now between the 10 year and the 30 year, which is normally two, we're sitting at, you know, that 6.8 range that you, you quoted earlier, uh, or that really, uh, Freddie Mac is quoting right now, the 6.79, you push the 10 year down, uh, to a level, say 3.2 to 3.4, where we've been early in the year, you could be in the low sixes, you get under three, you get to like 2.7, you're going to be in the mid fives on the 30 year, just based on the relationship between the 30 year and the 10 year that we're seeing right now. I don't want unemployment to, to go up, but that's the projection based on history that it's going to go up from here. If that happens, I think you have rates go down. Uh, the other thing I'll say about the overall May number, 339,000, sometimes those get revised down. So we'll have to wait and see over the next couple of weeks. I was going to ask that question. Like, how can you be so drastically far apart where you're predicting 190,000, but you see 149,000 additional jobs hit the market? Like, how, where does that discrepancy happen? I mean, I, it's I, difficult Fitch, to predict the future. Fitch, <laughs> Fitch rating had, yeah, Fitch rating had SVB at an A rating a week before they collapse <laughs> yeah. they, they, Fair enough. They, they typically don't see the future till it happens that's why i don't like to predict what you know what what rates are going to do you have like some of the smartest economists in the world way off on the jobs forecast o- uh, overall the market like the job yesterday the, the stock market screamed up uh based off of that jobs report so yeah i mean i could I could argue this two ways. I could, I, first of all, I would, I totally agree that if, if we do see that possible spike in unemployment, that definitely would be good news for mortgage rates. I agree on that. I mean, with the jobs report, I could kind of see this either way. I, you know, it's interesting when I was typing up the notes for the show, I didn't see the correlation at first, but like typically a lot of new jobs exceeding the prediction so far, what we've seen in the last year is, you know, the Fed will look at that and they'll say, oh, you know, our rate increases aren't working as fast as we want to uh, slow down the economy. Therefore, we need more rate increases because that's the only tool we have. And I think, you know, that's what some investors are worried about. But, you know, the other thing that was interesting was we had these bank failures a couple months ago. And so, you know, the Fed was looking at that and they were commenting it on it and they were like, you know, these bank failures in the private sector are kind of doing our job for us. Like the bank sector, the bank failures were slowing down the economy. So they felt like, okay, we don't have to raise rates for a couple months now. Um, the same thing could happen with these treasury bonds that we were just talking about. Like, so if the, if the, the, this huge massive sale of treasury bonds push rates up, the fed might not have to raise the federal funds rate because, you know, the private market's going to do that anyways. So that, it could go either way. It could go either way. That's why we're not in the, the prediction game, right? <laughs> <laughs> now it really could. And every, it, it's been one of the most volatile years that we've seen, whether you're tracking the, the, you know, 10 year or the two year 
whether you're tracking the 30-year, you know, tracking job. It, it just just been a lot of volatility in the economy, and you know, we'll obviously see what Jerome Powell and the FOMC do June 13th and June 14th. The market is pricing in that they're going to pause rates, so that they're going that's 70 percent uh, right now on the pause side. Where July they think they're going to go back up 60 percent. Believe July there'll be a hike. So it's a wait and see. Every every day, every week, you get a little bit more data about where we're at, and uh, we also have data on your Connecticut housing market. It is now June the third, so we've got data on exactly where we are sitting. I think next week, Chaz, we're going to have to go a little bit deeper on this, but let's touch on some of the big numbers here on the Connecticut housing market, switch over to that, mm-hmm. and uh, just take a look at where we came in in May. I think the big thing people want to know is, are home values up or down? What happened in May, month over month, for uh, for Connecticut housing? We are actually up 6.6% to 376,000. This is on single-family homes across the entire state of Connecticut. And so in um, May of 2022, we were sitting at 352.8, and now we've ticked up to 376,000, up another 1,000 month over month even. So we were flat January, February, March, April, and so now May hit our spring market, so to speak. We're starting to see some of those closings. Uh, from the under contracts in February and March reflect an increase in single-family home prices. Yeah, we've been very consistent. The median price point all year, every month, has come in, as Chaz said, flat at 375 Now at 376 a tick up. The average price for May uh, closings to single-family homes was $542,512 for single-family homes in the state of Connecticut. That's up 5.7% over the last over the last year, and uh, we're up 12% on that number uh, when you look at the monthly. So that's that's the rolling 12 months, that number there on the average I gave you. The month of May, I'm sorry, for average was $600,000, which is up 12.1% from the month prior. And uh, Chaz, I think for the month of May, did you have – I think the month of May is actually higher than what you said. I think it's 400000 I was I was you were, looking, you were at, the looking at the rolling twelve. Yeah, I forgot to switch it over to the monthly, so it's up to four hundred thousand for single family homes. Yeah, and that's up six point one percent month over month. So, right, and since December of last year, we have seen a steady increase in the median sales price for single family homes month over month. So, you know, we obviously we saw our little dip as we do every year, being the seasonality October, November, December. Brian also referenced we hit 7% for interest rates, which was the first time since November. So, I'm, you know, I would say there's some correlation between that. But since the turn of the year, we have been on a pretty steep upward trend starting the year at 339900 and ending the month of May at 400000 So $60,000 increase in single-family homes for the median sales price. There you go. We've got more numbers to update you on on your Connecticut housing market, along with the One Team Rewind. All of that when we come back. You're listening to Real Estate Radio, Byron Lazine, Chaz Cook of the One Team, and Brian Skelly of William Ravis Mortgage. See you in just a few.
I'm attorney John Heyman. Real Estate Radio 94.9 News Now, simulating talk. Byron Lazine and Chaz Cook of the One Team, OneTeamCT.com. And we've got Brian Skelly with William Ravis Mortgage. You can find Brian over at ScheduleLoanAppointment.com. If you want to have a personal conversation with him about refinancing, a how to get qualified for a loan, or any questions about uh, mortgage in particular, you go over to ScheduleLoanAppointment.com. Brian, how many pre-approvals did you do in the month of, of May? Uh, it was a lot, uh, probably close to 50. Yeah, so every day Brian's dishing out two pre-approval letters, uh, and I'm certain many more requests on top of that. So contact Brian if you've got any mortgage questions. We've got the One Team Rewind for the week. Of course, the One Team Rewind is brought to you every week by Service Station Equipment, your residential tank specialist. If you need have any residential tanking needs, call 1-800-801-TANK, 1-800-801-TANK. Service station equipment, Dougie Braun, the tank man, he'll come by, get you all straightened out, and also visit their sister company, Irish Springs Pool Water. Uh, only if you have a pool, by the way. If you don't have a pool, you probably don't need the Irish Springs Pool Water. Uh, I'm sure they could come fill up a little kiddie pool, but you probably could do that with your hose. So if you've got a pool, Irish Springs Pool Water is the place to call. Uh, and then service station equipment for your residential tanking needs. And they bring us the one team rewind of the week. The one team is the number one team for the state of Connecticut total transactions. That's all year 2022 and year to date this year, five months in. What did the last week look like, Chaz, for the team? Good week. We had two new listings, nine under contracts, and 14 closings. First new listing is 27 Whitney Road in Columbia, Connecticut. That is out in Tallinn County. Hit the market for 410000 It's a three-bedroom, two-and-a-half bath, just over 1,700 square foot. Cape, situated on just under two acres in a private setting. This is a gorgeous home. And shout-out to Ariel on bringing this one to the market because it's got a little country porch, underhouse garage, great opportunity to move out to the Columbia area get a little privacy away from the hustle and bustle so if you want to check that out they'll be having an open house we'll talk about later or you can reach out to ariel at oneteamct.com to schedule your private showing our next new listing before we get into this one i just got to say curry our new marketing guy put together the listing video for this one and it is phenomenal if you guys shout out to curry head over to the one team social media pages check out i think i saw it emily white New listing at Three Fullen Road in Norwalk, Connecticut. I mean, there's going to be a guest appearance of some animals. They brought nature into it. <laughs> Phenomenal job. So shout out to that crew over there. But uh, Three Fullen Road in Norwalk, Connecticut, an investor special. Hit the market for $399,000. This multifamily has two units. One unit has three bedrooms and one bath. The other unit has one bedroom, one bath. Or it could be converted back to a single-family residence if you needed all of that space. Or if you wanted to live in one side and rent the other side out, you need to reach out to Alan at OneTeamCT.com or Emily at OneTeamCT.com. But this is a great property. Lots of potential. They were in there ripping carpets out to expose the beautiful hardwood underneath. I mean, this is a true hidden gem. So make sure you check in with them if you want to check that out. And we'll also be giving you an opportunity to go to an open house and see it as well. Chaz, we also had a third listing that snuck in right after the report, end of the week report, and that's in Black Point Association. It's in the Beach Association in Black Point, Niagara, Connecticut, 
home. It's at 60 Seacrest Avenue in Nyanic. Just came on the market for $699,900. It's an Ann Carpenter listing. Uh, enjoy the beach life at this inviting, spacious, year-round four-bedroom, two-bath home with a two-car garage. There's an unfinished loft space, so you can make that your own thing. There are great features, a new eating kitchen, breakfast nook, central air, hardwood floors, and uh, and more. There's a wood pellet stove if you're there in the winter months. Check it out. You're going to want to get there quickly. This one will not last. 60 Seacrest Ave in Nyanic. You're in the Black Point Beach Association, so you get access to those private beaches there. Contact Ann Carpenter over here at the One Team, oneteamct.com. Uh, for information there. Chaz, what do we got uh, for the rest of the recap? I'll tell you, to be under 700000 and to be in Black Point, that's a deal. I that is a deal, that. and it's a big house, too. It's not a little cottage. This is the real deal. Yeah, 2,500 square feet, so great opportunity there. Uh, if I was a betting man, I would say it doesn't last the weekend, but we'll find out next week. All right. Under contracts, nine of them. We had under contracts in Middletown, Clinton, Waterford, Danbury, Guilford, Naugatuck, Norwich, East Haven, and Oxford, Connecticut. Closings, 14 of them. Congratulations to all of our buyers, sellers, and investors. North Branford, that 12 Clear Lake Road. Great job, Nicole, finally closing on the Sarah Project house. Way to go. A year of work. Yeah, Sarah, she raised a bunch of money for uh, basically flipping a house for the Sarah Foundation, called it the Sarah Project, had a bunch of um, contractors that donated time and and materials. So thank you to everybody that was part of that, Uh, raised a bunch of money for the Sarah Foundation through a buy and sell of the Sarah Project house. Congratulations, Nicole White. All right. New Britain, Montville, New Hartford, New Milford. We got a thing with news this week. Naugatuck, East Lyme, Durham, Fairfield, East Hartford, New Britain, Naugatuck, Westbrook, and East Lyme. Open houses. We've got two going on today, Saturday, June the 3rd. We've got one going on right now in the middle of the show from 11 to 1. That is that new listing with Ariel Tartora, 27 Whitney Road in Columbia. You can head out there and check that one out. Or you can wait till right after the show wraps. And from 12 to 2 today, we've got 15 Court Street in Brantford going on. That is a Jess Hoover listing. Jess Hoover, recovering from surgery, still hosting her own open house. That is commitment to her clients right She's going to be there on the ACL tear, or she got somebody there on the ACL tear. Wow. I got one of those knee things to wheel herself around. Wow. Uh, going on tomorrow. Hopefully Sunday. nobody steals the keys. I don't think she'll be able to catch them. <laughs> it runs away on her. <laughs> she'll probably bring back up. She'll bring back up. Uh, so Sunday, June 4th, we've got three open house opportunities. We've got one going on from 11 to 1, three full in road in Norwalk. That is that multifamily that I was telling you about that Alan and Emily will be hosting. Also going on Sunday, June 4th from 11 to 1, 27 Whitney Road in Columbia. Another opportunity to get out there. And Sunday from 12 to 2, 15 Court Street in Brantford. Another opportunity to go and see Jess and wish her a speedy recovery from her ACL surgery because she's hanging out both days this weekend. Way to go, Jess Hoover. Trooper, if you can't make any of the open houses this week weekend, you can come see the one team next week, Thursday, June the 8th. We have our kickoff to summer event. 
It's hosted at our headquarter office on 350 Goose Lane in Guilford, Connecticut. It's right off of 95, exit 59. Doors open at 530, and at 6 o'clock, we're starting a little poker tournament. We're raising money for Safe Futures of Connecticut. We'd love to have you. We're going to have a bartender, food, a really indoor-outdoor experience. We've got a great courtyard off of the back of our office. Brian Skelly, in fact, is growing tomatoes in our greenhouse. This is a real estate office like you've never seen before. There isn't an office in this state of Connecticut that compares to this space and this venue. And we are going to have a party to remember. You'll be talking about it all summer. And if you don't come, you'll be regretting it all summer. Everybody here, 94 Niners, you are invited to the party. It's June 8th. It's Thursday. And it's Doors are opening at 530, 350 Goose Lane in Connecticut. That's 350 Goose Lane in Guilford, Connecticut. I'm sorry. And we will see you there on Thursday. And if for any reason you can't make it, you can also head over to our social media pages, and there is a donate link. If you want to support Safe Future CT, uh, you can just head over there and make a contribution to them. Uh, amazing organization. They've got 24-hour hotlines. They've got opportunities for families, for pets, for educational. They've got the Genesis House Emergency Shelter. They've got a bunch of residents around where they can um, provide you a place to go if you are in need. So absolutely amazing organization. Please do what you can to support Safe Future CT. We know we will be when we are playing a little poker next Thursday. But as I mentioned, if you can't make it, you can still go on and donate to their cause. All right, what do we got? Let's wrap up with some of these May numbers here quickly. We're going to go through them next week as well uh, because we didn't have a lot of time here today with the debt talk and the jobs report and all this stuff going on. Um, we, we, let's recap the sale prices. I think that's most important. People want to know what the value of their home is. So, uh, Chaz, let's break that down one more time. Yeah, so we're going to go month over month here. And so for the month of May, we were at $400,000 for the median sale price for single-family homes in the state of Connecticut, which is up from 385000 in the month of April 2023. And year over year, that number is up $23,000. So we obviously saw a bit of seasonality decline there, but we have shot right back up to a new high. And then the average sale price month over month is up to 600,599,964 up from 569,582 in April and going all the way back to May of 2022 we were at 535,000 so a 12.1% increase in the average single family home in the state of Connecticut that 599,964 so let's call it 600,000 for the month of May that's the highest month for average sale price ever recorded in a single month for single-family homes in Connecticut, beating the record of June 2022 at 598280 So higher than any of the uh, previous highs here the last few years. The May 600000 mark of 2023. A May to remember. A May to remember. There you go. That's if you own real estate. If you don't own real estate, just know that the last four decades, each and every decade, the 90s, the 2000s, the 2010s, and so far in this decade, you have 30-plus percent home appreciation. That's right. Even in the 2000s with the great financial crisis, home values went up over 40%. Remember, they went up over 80% at one point and then dropped 40-plus percent. Every decade, you gain appreciation on your home. The average homeowner does stay more than 10 years now. So if you have a 10-year window, 
you will be fine in real estate. So if you are someone who is looking to get into the game and be on that side, 44x wealthier than the renter side, reach out to us today, oneteamct.com. And of course, if you do have a home to sell, reach out today. One team has sold more homes than anyone in the state of Connecticut for 2022 or 2023, oneteamct.com. You can reach out to Chaz at Chaz, oneteamct.com, C-H-A-Z at O-N-E-teamct.com. My email is Byron, B-Y-R-O-N, at oneteamct.com. And, of course, if you've got any mortgage financing needs, we've got Brian Skelly. Brian, thank you for coming on today. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. ScheduleLoanAppointment.com to reach out to Brian Skelly of William Ravis Mortgage. Thank you to Mike over there at 94.9. Curry is off shooting listing tour videos. So thank you, Cooper, for producing on our end. Of course, service station equipment, Irish Springs Pool Water. We couldn't do it without you. John Fuller, hope you have a great weekend. Maybe I'll bump into the Saybrook. And we'll see you guys here next week. Real Estate Radio, 94.9 News Now, stimulating talk. Buick GMC Studios.